everybody this is christy and this is kelly and we are here with a bonus episode for unnerved a very special bonus episode so special as it <laughs> says in the title we're interviewing the extras from the mist super super cool <laughs> yes so cool i want to just say thank you so much to the the members that participated you'll hear them in a, in a minute they'll introduce themselves but we're so grateful and very appreciative of the time that they took to speak with us about their experiences, yeah, super what they thankful. had to do. And they're very, very cool people. Oh, so. they're so nice, so wonderful. Um, they'll have their stuff to plug as well at the end um, of what their future entails and everything like that. So we're going to cut right now, and then we're going to come back in with them. Bye. Um, so this is Christy and Kelly calling in with the uh, extras and core extras from The Mist. Um, would you guys like to quick introduce yourselves and kind of state what you, what part you had in, uh, in The Mist? Okay, I'll go first. I'm Terry Marshall and I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana where The Mist was filmed. And I was uh, one of the core extras that auditioned and was in the movie the entire time for all the shoot days in the grocery store. So I was just a grocery store shopper um, was, you know, my background title. Uh, hi, I'm John Daniel. I'm from uh, Shreveport. Well, actually just a little town outside Shreveport called Blanchard, but uh, I've lived in Shreveport most of my life. Um, I, I auditioned to be a core extra. I was cast as a core extra. And then a few days before they started filming, I was uh, cut. They did, you know, kind of a culling process where they cut down their numbers a little bit. And uh, so I didn't end up getting the entire filming, but they did bring me in for uh, one, one day, actually, which ended up being a very eventful day. And um, actually, uh, I had a lot of run-ins with the cast even before then. So, and a lot of my friends are in it too. So I had kind of been involved with it, you know, even though I wasn't there for a lot of the time. Awesome. And, and you guys mentioned that you, uh, how, how did you end up getting uh, involved in The Miss? You mentioned that you had auditioned for it. What was that audition process like? Yeah, for me, I was registered. I've done maybe 13 film uh, films as extra background and so I was registered with a local talent agents agency and they contacted us about um coming in auditioning which I was I'm not really an actress I'm just a normal person and so I was a little skeptical about going they had this huge facility where we went and um they took us into groups um and you know like eight or nine people and they said and they had cameras rolling and everything. And they said, pretend you're at the grocery store and all the lights are out and you're aggravated. And um, all of a sudden there's an earthquake. And so I'm thinking, well, that's very, because we didn't know what the movie, I didn't know what the movie was about, had not read the book. So I wasn't even sure. So, you know, they do action and listen, I know how to be aggravated at the grocery store. <laughs> so it was not even hard for me to act. I had a like pretending I was looking at a magazine and I'm huffing and puffing. And 
So anyway, I passed that one and then they took us to a different room, the ones that made the cut for that and said, pretend you're in uh, a grocery store again and you see a huge spider, which I hate any kind of bug, anything <laughs> other than a ladybug. Yeah, forget forget it. Um, so they said, it's. I mean, it's huge. It's like bigger than you can imagine and it's coming toward you you know, trying to eat you or whatever, or bite you. And so when they, there were like three or four of us up against a wall. I mean, let me tell you, when that, when they said action, I fell on the floor, pushed myself up against the wall, screamed like somebody was taking my legs and arms off. And um, so anyway, I got the part and <laughs> I kind of acted my normal self and that's what got me, got me in. Um, I, I have we might have the same agent at the time. Was it Landrum? Mm -hmm. um, no, it was, um, what's the guy from, he's in New Orleans now. Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name. Okay, yeah. well, uh, a good theater friend of mine for many years ended up becoming an agent. And so she started representing me and I had done, you know, for, I'd been doing extra work from the second they showed up. I did the very first movie that came here, which was Roadhouse 2 which I wouldn't recommend anyone watch. Um, I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would not recommend that at all. But don't, don't tell them I said that. But, um, and so, uh, you know, I had been auditioning for actual, you know, like real little parts here and there all the whole time, but I was still doing extra work for fun. And so uh, I, you know, I got to go to an audition like Terry. And the only one that I think I only auditioned one time, they didn't do the, the one two with me i think the only one we did was uh they said you know you're in the supermarket and suddenly you know something you know a spider or whatever comes at you and uh so me and my friend steven did it together and he was pretending like he was on his phone and i was standing next to him and i kept saying you know get off your phone you're being rude we're in public get off <laughs> your phone and then suddenly you know the spider breaks in and we you know we both start you know screaming and freaking out and um so i guess they they liked me and they didn't like him, so he didn't get picked and I got picked and then of course I got cut. So uh so yeah. yeah, that's how we got. How did that happen? How did they pick you as uh one of the core extras and then decide not to at a later time and then bring <laughs> you back again? Okay, so what I was told was um I, I okay, interesting story. I was on the set of Harold and Kumar escaped from Guantanamo Bay. Oh, yeah. hang on. My cat is trying to attack my webcam here. <laughs> Maybe get down. Um, okay, so I was on the set of Harold and Kumar escaped from Guantanamo Bay. I'm in a trailways bus, way out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I'm sitting here talking to my uh, you know, friend about you know, doing the movie and I get a call on my phone from the extras casting guy. And he says, you know, they've decided your look is a little too distinctive. And I'm thinking, the hell does that mean? What? I mean, you know, I mean going into it later and meeting everybody when we when I actually got to do it later, I'm thinking, you know, how do I look distinctive for many of these other people? Unless if they meant fat, which, you know, didn't, you know, also made me wonder later because there were other big guys there too. But um I, I really don't know. Um but so, you know, they, they said, you know, we're just, you know, we're going to cut you. We're sorry. You look a little too distinctive. And I thought, okay, whatever. Um, 
And then five minutes later, my friend Paula, who's sitting next to me on the bus, she gets a call and they ask her to be one of the core extras. So I'm thinking, oh, great. This is just great. You know, I'm going to have to sit here and listen to her go on and on about this all day long, right. which she did. Um, God love her. I love her to death. But yeah, she did. And I was, I was happy for her later. And we ended up, you know, working together on it. But, um, but, and then, and then like, uh, you know, a bunch of other people are called that day and asked to do it on set that day. So I was like, this is just horrible. I get cut. All these other people are getting cast all around me. And then later that night, one of our production assistants got killed on set. So that whole day was just really nightmarish <laughs> looking, looking back on it. That was just a crazy time. On but, set. Um, yeah, she, uh, it, it was a car accident and she, uh, oh. we were, we were way out in the middle of nowhere on like a little kind of a plantation kind of area. And she did not know this very busy highway that we were right off of. And she backed her car out onto it. Not, I don't know, you know, she wasn't paying attention or if she just didn't, you know, see anything come, but she, you know, got in a car accident. It was really awful. Um, and, uh, you know, to their credit, uh, some of the actors like John Cho and other people did like a benefit later for um, here in Shreveport. It was really, really nice of them to do that. John Cho played like guitar and um, it was really cool. And then uh, a couple of years ago, there was a costumer that won the Oscar for, uh, I want to say Black Panther maybe. And she thanked that woman who was, fr they were friends apparently. And oh. she thanked her on, on the Oscar, in her Oscar speech. So I thought that was really cool. She thanked the production assistant that had gotten killed. So, but anyway, so that's how I got, you know, cut and then you know, later, uh, I got a call saying, you know, look, we're having a big scene. Uh, it's a really big scene. It was the uh, the showdown with between Marsha Gay Harden and Thomas <laughs> Jane at the end of the movie, you know, where she's like, you know, we want the boy and all that when they're trying to leave. <laughs> and we need, you know, more people. Would you be, you know, willing to do it? And I said, hell yeah. And uh, they actually were using people for two days, but I'd missed the first day because I didn't hear about it until late. So I went and did this the second day and, um, and then, you know, I'll be, we'll go into more into that, but yeah, so that's how, that's how I got cast and cut and then cast again. Well, at least you didn't get sent out into the mist because as a core extra, even after the first couple of days or the first week of shooting people that were labeled sort of troublemakers and because you, you're in a closed building and people's personalities shine through whether they like to or not. Mm -hmm. And so if they were having problems with any of the core extras or people that were not compliant or just being a problem, they would send them into the mist. And so that's, you know, like any of the scenes where the door would open and a few of the characters would go out and do whatever. They were like, they're going to the mist today and they won't be back. So uh, yeah, the outdoor scene, you know, when people were actually at the supermarket and leaving in the beginning before the mist came in, a lot of those people were core extras that got cut that first day. Yeah. And I so mean, you see um, them leave at the beginning before the mist comes in and they just don't come back, you know? Yeah. They were like, okay, so-and-so, you, 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 you're going to go with these, this group of people out the door when we do this scene, and then they didn't come back. So we all, from that day forward, were on our best 
tried to be on our best behavior and, you know, not touching the props and not eating the food in the grocery store and, you know, that kind of stuff. So oh, yeah, wasn't there a sign above the craft service that says, if you touch it, you take it. I'm going to send you that picture. I meant to send it last night. But there's a, there was a picture about craft service. I think that said, you know, if you touch it, you take it. Cause <laughs> people, you know, they don't want people like fiddling through the, the craft right. service. Well, um, I know is craft service, whatever the, the people, the, the talent and the other like crew ate the day before we had the leftovers the next day as as background so if they had stuffed bell peppers the day before we had stuffed meatball sandwiches or something i mean it was you know we had that kind of we got leftovers <laughs> yeah extras on most movies don't get to eat really the best of the food you know we get our they usually it's a separate caterer or a separate person and um you know they you, you do okay but it's usually not the the best of things but um i will say another thing about the people that were getting you know sent out into the mist if you watch one of the early trailers i, I haven't seen it in a long time but there's an earlier trailer where you hear a couple of kids when someone says you know there's something outside or whatever there's a couple of kids that say you know let's go look or whatever and they run out and then the mist rolls in. Well, that didn't make it into the movie, but I always thought that was cool because I always wondered you know, who those kids were because they apparently, I guess, they had lines in the movie and then it didn't make it into the, the final cut. But I want to go back. Oh, poor children. Yeah, it happens. But I behaved and I stayed to the very end. So, end of the story. <laughs> I was good on my one day. I was good. <laughs> so I say when uh, Christy and I were watching, we rewatched the movie last night. Um, we saw you, John. We're like, there he is. <laughs> yeah, that that was totally a fluke because I mean, like I said, I was only there that one day, and um, I'm sure I'm sure you see Terry like a lot of different times. But the well, fact that I was only, yeah, yeah, Terry's yeah. hair was short. I I didn't recognize you when I was looking through some of those pictures last night. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was totally a fluke that I ended up being in that, that one close-up because I was only there that one day. I was only in that one scene. We shot that scene a bunch of times. That yeah, it's a very scary scene to shoot. We'll go into that in a minute. But, uh, but it just, you know, total fluke that I ended up getting seen at all. I was so jazzed when we got together like a, a free preview before the movie even came out. And uh, I was like, oh my God, I was you know seeing myself for the first time that big. Um, so that was really cool. So was the scene with uh, Marsha, was that the most intense scene? I know for you, Terry, you were in most of it, but I know that was kind of your day on set. Um, what was so difficult about that shoot? Uh, you mean for me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Definitely the most difficult thing was the fact that the gun was real. Um, and of course it had blanks, but it was real and it was very loud and it, we never knew when it was going to go off because he, sometimes Toby Jones would take longer or he would do it quicker. And so, you know, we're sitting there, you know, the, we literally, that is us screaming, you know, get the boy, grab him, and all that. So every time, you know, we really, you know, we all come out of our little hiding holes in the supermarket aisles and we all get to like a rabid, you know, pace where we're all screaming and trying to grab it, you know, whoever. And then Toby, you know, takes his time, some takes or doesn't take his time. But the fact that we never knew when it was going to come 
I mean, even the, I mean, the very first time it scared the shit out of all of us, even though we knew it was coming. Yeah. But, you know, every time he would do it, we would all, it would scare me, the daylights out of me. And then we would all have to run back to our, you know, hiding places. Sometimes I would like, you know, slam into some of the groceries, um, <laughs> you know, cause it's a tight little space. Um, and uh, another cool thing, I would get splattered with Marsha's blood every time because I was standing right behind her and she had the squibs inside of her costume and, and squibs for those that don't know are like these little pack plastic, you know, packets of blood that have little explosive charges attached to them. And so when somebody gets shot in a movie, you know, they, somebody, you know, nearby presses a button and those things explode. And so it looks mm -hmm. like you've been shot. Well, she had them in the front of her costume and in the back. And so when I was behind her and I would get splattered with them every time which I thought was cool, but, uh, and I also got a pay bump for that, you know, you get people, you know, that's another thing people don't know. If you do anything involving blood as an extra, you get a pay bump. If you get wet. Yeah, if you get wet. If you get wet, or you do blood, or they use your car, you get a pay bump. So, uh, so yeah, so that was cool, and then they, you know, the lady, the costume lady would come over and, like, spray me with water, and then the blood would, like, magically disappear. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was really scary with with the gun. I mean, I'm I don't like guns, and the fact that it was you know that tight of space and it was really loud, and you know we never knew when it was going to come. You know, I just even after you've done it a bunch of times, it never got old. How many times did they have to shoot that scene? I, at least five, I think. Jeez. Maybe more, but yeah, it was at least five i can guarantee it was at least five times and we there was never a stop and you know go it was from the beginning of that scene to the end so it was from when you know she says where do you think you're going to you know when she ends up on the ground that you know that whole scene there you know unless if they yelled cut there was no, you know, cutting and pasting in that scene. That was from beginning to end. They had the handheld cameras to where, you know, they could move yeah. around and everything. So there was no, you know, this wasn't a, you know, cut and paste job. We did the entire scene every time. Wow. And well, Marcia Gay Harden was amazing. She's yes, one of my favorite great. actresses. Yeah, and she was great. just amazing. One thing I loved about Frank Darabont working with him was um, he he wanted raw emotion. And so when we were uh, filming the day of the earthquake, um, he preset everybody of the, the background, um, whatever they're calling, AD or something, set preset us all and said, okay, we're going to have an earthquake. Okay. And you got to pretend and fall on the ground. And so Frank made us like, you know, pretend it's like one, two, three, and then he clapped his hands and that, that was the earthquake. So we did a couple of those run throughs where we hit the ground and scream and all that kind of stuff. Well, when he finally said action, what we didn't know was they had set up enormous, enormous speakers throughout the set with earthquake noises and rumbling. And so what he got from us, because you forget for a second that you're actually acting, it feels real because it was just pounding my chest 
when he said action, that noise came on and we all thought it was the real deal. Even though we don't have earthquakes in Louisiana, I don't think, but at that moment, I thought I was going to die. And, and so my scream was the real deal. And, and he expected, we only did that scene twice because he got the raw reaction that he was really after because he didn't tell us ahead of time that he was gonna pipe in all that sound for us to really think that it was happening at that moment, so. He was such was a fun guy. I just remember him being, even though I was only there for the one day, he was so loud and boisterous and, mm -hmm. you know, he'd dance around the set and, you know, <laughs> he just, he always had a smile on his face. He, it just, he was such an amazing guy. Yeah. I would kill to work with him again. Yeah. Because it's a really tense movie, like the atmosphere is really heavy and everything. Was he the one uh, constantly kind of breaking up the tension in between takes to try and get everybody to like take a deep breath and then? No, they uh, all were. I think I mean, the, actors, the actors were to come get, hang out with us on yeah, the aisles. They would eat lunch with us or oh. uh, Marsha Gay and uh, Toby would sit not Toby, what's his real name? Bill Sadler, maybe, and Toby, and... No, Toby. Yeah, they, Toby had a, they had a Scrabble game going behind one of the aisles, and so in between takes, you know, or when they weren't really engaged in the scene, they would go behind and play play Scrabble, and, <laughs> and different people were giving them words, you know, no, you're cheating, and that kind of... <laughs> but, um, one of the scenes that, that I kind of like to mention besides the earthquake that was the most intense because the storyline in this movie is so full of emotion that, um, and I didn't know because I, I hadn't read the book. I didn't know anything about what was going to happen. And there was the day we shot with Melissa McBride and she's on The Walking Dead now. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the actors that are in The Mist are also in The Walking Dead. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, she came in and her scene, I mean, we didn't know. We, I was preset like right in front of her where she was facing. And she comes in and her her deal was, I'm, I've got to get home to my girls or my kids. I forget if it was, you know, girls. Yeah, she had a couple of kids, yeah. Yep. So she starts talking about how she had just run to the store real quick and um, the kids are home. They're going to be afraid. And, and of course, I'm a mother and I'm a grandmother. And so the waterworks just start pouring from me because I'm so involved in her story that I'm thinking, what if this really did happen? And you've left your kids at home and now you can't get to them. And I'm just sitting there crying like real I, I'm not an actress in that sense but so I can't trigger tears these were like coming from my gut and um and she told that story with these big crocodile tears coming down and and we did that scene maybe half a dozen times every single time she cried every single time I cried I thought I know what's going to happen and I'm still upset about it um but the way that she was able to turn on that powerful uh, emotion of her story was I'll forever be a fan of hers because she she's an amazing actress even now that I followed her past the myth so yeah I mean, she was an unknown back then and you know in my opinion that was that movie is what made her in my opinion I mean I know everyone loves The Walking Dead now 
But, you know, when I first saw the movie, I was like, wow, this this woman is going to be something. The real someday. deal. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I love the scene at the end when she's on the, the transport vehicle, just yeah. that cold look on her face, like, you know, it, it's not like a revenge look, but it's like a look like, you know, the two of, between her and Thomas Jane, they both know what has happened. And yeah. I, I can't remember that some that scene at the end was actually somebody else's idea it wasn't in the script i'm not talking about the whole ending but okay. to put them on the military transport and have them roll by like that that wasn't actually in the script if i remember right okay. one of somebody came up with that idea it may have been her i'm gonna have to look that up but yeah it, so i just thought that was a great thing and then there were other actors that were supposed to be on that and they had already wrapped and were out of town yeah, but they made sure that she was on that of all people. Um, so that was really cool. We did read the ending; like they tried to keep it a secret. Did you either? Of you <laughs> we, I didn't. I was there the last day that we filmed, <laughs> and none of us that were core extras knew the ending. They said, "Okay, we're wrapping today. We're we're not going to tell anybody. You know what? What the? the but this is y'all's end, and mm -hmm. so we're the." the end for the cores were when we were in the grocery store and we're all standing at the windows, like pushed up against the, the windows of the grocery store. And they're all in the, you know, crappy vehicle, whatever that was. And they're pulling off into the mist and we're all just standing there, you know, looking at them. And um, I, I didn't know, I didn't know how, until I watched it and I was shocked. I, I was shocked. I had no idea that it was going to be like that. And I was a little mad that, oh, that that's how it ended. But, you know, I'd heard that they did two endings, two alternate, an alternate ending to the one that um, ended up being in it, the movie. But, um, but I knew, and I don't remember who told me, but I heard, like, I think like a few days after I shot that, I was on another movie. And somebody had mentioned it to me and I was like, no, you're kidding. They can't, you know, they can't do that. But I mean, we knew the ending was going to be different from the book. We had already been told that. But yeah, all the scripts, you know, if even I, you know, a friend of mine sent me a copy that had like a tiny speaking role in the movie and sent me a copy. And I was like, well, the last couple of pages are missing. They're like, oh yeah, they're not telling anybody what's, you know, what's going to happen at the end. But then somebody told me, and I was like, well, how do you know? They're like, well, I'm going to be there. I'm like, oh, really? And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, you're making that up or whatever. Because, you know, people brag and think, you know, oh, I'm in such and such. And, <laughs> right, and right. you know, it doesn't happen. But it really, you know, really turned out to be true. And um, I, I mean, I have mixed feelings about the ending only because I like it. And my mom, who's, you know, a very, you know, devout, you know, you know, kind of quiet woman. She actually loved the ending. She thought it was very fitting, but I have you know kind of mixed feelings only because of the fact that they go through so much to get yeah. through, you know, all of what they went through in the supermarket to survive only to get, you know, like, well, we're out of gas, let's die. That's what, what, what it was like, in my opinion. That's what yeah. it felt yeah. like, in my opinion. They don't even try to get out to survive. They just, oh, we're out of gas. Let's go. I thought it was, you know, really, it really bothered me in that way. 
I would have done some sort of weird hybrid of the, you know, the two, you know, at the end. I wouldn't have done it the way that it was, you know, and there's a theory out there that the reason it, the reason, the reason it ended that way is because of Mrs. Carmody, um, that her, uh, what's the word, uh, she, you know, says that there's going to be, you know, that there has to be blood or there's, there's going to be some more deaths. And if you pay attention, the number of people that, you know, die does equal the number that she said had to be killed in order for it to go away. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's yeah. interesting. That's, That's, I mean, that theory's never been confirmed, but I do find it interesting. There's, I can't remember what the line is, but there is a line somewhere in the movie where she says, you know, there's going to have to be, you know, a certain number of sacrifices or something. And then at the end, he does, you know, that number of people do get, you know, killed by him in the end. And he does, you know, they do, he does, the boy does die. So, yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Really hard <laughs> spoiler alert. If you guys, oh, anybody, oh, yeah. Oh, we covered yeah, the movie. Alert, Everybody yeah. who listens is spoiled. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, I know Christy and I had the same thoughts about the ending, though. I was like, why would you stop there? Like, you would at least try, but, um, yeah yeah i would have ended it right after like the gunshots and then maybe just fade out with him screaming it feels like it's just an extra dig to bring in all the military <laughs> and have everything just clear which i guess is also a good point like like here's the resolution but everything you just did is counterintuitive and ev everything's fine yeah totally did you did you read the book or the novella before? Oh 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 yeah, and uh, I was actually, yeah, I'd read it and then, um, it was kind of a mean karma that I was getting the call that I got cut when I did because I was sitting there being kind of a little ass on set, sort of sitting there highlighting all the little scenes in the book that I may end up you know getting to do and be in, and I'm sure Paula was sitting there next to me like, oh, you're just showing off, and then the phone call came. <laughs> So um, yeah, I, I totally read it. I knew every word. Um, the only thing I was really happy that they changed was when uh, David sleeps with, uh, mm -hmm. what's her name? I can't remember her name. Uh, Lori Holden's the actress. Lori Holden's character. Amanda? Yeah, Lori Holden's character. When he sleeps with her in the story, because I thought, a lot of people told me, well, why are you happy about that? I was like, because if he does that in the movie, you won't root for him right yeah totally and it was in the sense in the and, book wasn't it like 18 hours after meeting they just sleep together like oh yeah, it's much totally, shorter in the book totally. the timeline you know he's like lonely and horny and just you know it just comes out of nowhere <laughs> i mean literally yeah uh, it, it was totally you know just stupid and inappropriate and i was like well that's you know stephen king in the 80s for you or the 70s or whatever um yep. late 70s i think so I was like, yeah, that makes total sense for Stephen King, but no, not, not, you know, in a movie version. And um, the one thing from the book that I would have liked to have seen in the movie were the, they had the descriptions of the creatures outside the hotel, like the, uh, the giant living kite looking thing that they talk about. And um, I would have liked to have seen what that turned out to be. And I am glad that they included the, 
uh, the giant walking monster that walks across the street. That yeah. wasn't going to be in the movie. I'll tell you that. That was not oh. going to be in the movie. And one of the other actors majorly pulled for it to be included. And so they filmed hmm. it. But it was not going to be filmed at all. They were like, we don't know how we're going to do it. We think it's going to look, you know, whatever. But I, I, I'm not sure which actor. I'll have to go back and look again. But one of the actors said, look, you have to have that scene. Because that is one of the major things in the book. And it is. Yeah. It really is. It when, is. You, when you see how large one of these creatures can be. But I would have liked to have seen the ones outside the hotel. And um, there was actually one that was in the script. And I don't know if it got filmed or not. But there was, I think there was a centipede. Wasn't there, Terry? There was a scene um, where like a centipede breaks through and comes up the aisle. I would have liked to have seen that. We we had pterodactyls. Yeah. The pterodactyls were the ones that they put on um, some kind of trolley system that went in the ceiling of the set and would fly through. And, you know, we had to run through and duck down and scream and... But I don't remember a caterpillar. Well, it, I mean, it was in the script. What I don't, I'm not sure if it ended up being filmed, but I remember reading it in the script and thinking, yeah. wow, that would have been really cool. I think it was part of the reason. It, I think it goes for the uh, the Hattie character and it scares her. And, and yeah. that's the why she committed suicide. I didn't um, read the book. I didn't read the book prior. I wanted to be um, in a place mentally where I wasn't expecting anything. Yeah. So I could get that raw emotion or because listen, sister done really I had to audition for this part as a background. <laughs> so I am taking it serious. And I wanted to, to give them a hundred percent, even though I was making less than minimum wage for the day and getting food that was less than desirable. But it was kind of an honor to be a core extra and because some people weren't and and that was a fun thing for me to be able to do but I didn't want to read the book and have expectations about what was going to happen I wanted my emotions like with Melissa McBride and the earthquake to all be raw emotion and come across as that way even if I wasn't on camera uh, I wanted to to give them what they were asking for absolutely um and, and you, I noticed also in the photos because I um, that you had a lot of like little hidden Easter eggs throughout the movie, like with the Stephen King books and anything like that. Were, were either of you two uh, one of the people reading that in your uh, spare time or anything like that? No, in the spare time, they would, unless we were doing a quick turnaround, they'd remove us from set uh, just because there were so many movable objects they had real food in there and part of it and you know just for continuity you can't move a cereal box or right mm -hmm. that kind of stuff so uh whenever we were gonna um be a few minutes you know they would remove us from set so um now y'all were reading stephen king books out in the extras area though some people there's a lot of pictures of, of reading them <laughs> out there but yeah. uh but yeah there were uh that's, I think that's in a way that's probably Stephen King's cameo in the movie is the books because, I mean, he doesn't make a physical cameo in the movie, but I know yeah. one scene the camera goes by that book rack and you can actually see some of the books in the movie. Yeah. And, um, and then there's the uh, little newspapers and the magazines that say, you know, Castle Rock this and Castle Rock that. So 
so yeah that was uh that was really cool to see those on so i did see those when i was there i just we couldn't take pictures inside of that area right and i right. took one or two on my little flip phone at the time <laughs> but i did not have internet back way back then so i had no way of getting them ever off of that phone and i took one picture that was amazing it was of a little of a we'll say a little it was of a dead body in the back of the supermarket do you remember that dead body terry that yeah. naked man there was like a naked male dead body in the back of the supermarket and yeah. i took a picture of him but i never got it off my phone uh, um, and I've never seen him on, I've never seen him in any pictures since then. But yes, yeah, so those, those books were really cool. Um, the only, I, I ended up, I don't know if, you know, I should say this, um, Terry might have something too, but uh, I grabbed one or two things from, from the shelf when I left. <laughs> so I have a, I have an energy, oh. I, I have an energy drink and I have, I think like a box of crayons and the thing I noticed about the stuff on the shelves was a lot of it was misprinted. And that's probably how they got it. If you take, you know, if you look at some of the things like close up, a lot of them, you know, are misspelled or, you know, like in the case of like my little energy drink, the label on one side is upside down. And I kept thinking, okay, maybe that's where they got, you know, all of these for cheap because they're all cast offs but yeah a lot of most of that food there was real yeah I mean, by, the end, by the end the potatoes in the produce section were all sprouting and um <sighs> you know the bread was starting to get green looking it was getting really nasty in there but i mean if we're trapped in the grocery store that's kind of stuff that would normally happen yeah and now there's a goofs thing on imdb that points out that one of the things in the chip aisle, which I think they do get a shot of in the movie, is a Louisiana brand called Zaps, oh, which yeah. they would not uh, have up in Maine. That no. is a total Louisiana brand. I think even the brand that you see in the movie is like some, you know, one of our Cajun names or something. <laughs> and I was like, you know, yeah, that's a total, you know, tip off. Also, I think one of the other things was when you see the the fire engine go by right before the mist rolls in, the fire engine says Caddo Parish Fire Department. Yeah. But you know, we have parishes <laughs> in Louisiana instead of counties. So they should have totally corrected that one. Yeah. <laughs> Are we having any more questions? Oh, look, look. Oh, I wanted to ask Terry this one. Um, so you mentioned before there was like, for that scene with the bugs that were flying around with the wings and the right. stingers, um, they had some of like animatronic type stuff that they had in the movie. So what was it like acting with things that you couldn't necessarily see? Because well, the, they Yeah, the FX people. Um, and I think he's the same guy that does the Walking Dead things. Right, Nicotero. Yeah, Nicotero. And so he had all of these um, like fake uh, monsters on sticks. And so uh, visually, so if they were coming through the um, window, say for instance, in the front of the grocery store, crack because there's a scene you know, where they crack the glass, um, they actually had those kind of animals or critters or monsters on sticks so that we and they had mock-ups of them and so uh we could we could watch them and react to them in a more natural way than to just pretend 
Mm -hmm. so yeah. They did a, a really good job in giving us the tools necessary to get the reactions that, I don't know if that was something Frank came up with or what the FX guys, or maybe a collaboration between the two, but um, it, and then the things on the above in the ceiling, they were, they were mock-ups of what the actual monsters were going to look like. And, and that way we had a reference um, of, you know, what was going on. So that's kind of nice. They were, just... they were terrifying. I'll tell you that. <laughs> they looked, they, they had them all fixed up. Like their faces were, they had faces like humans. And it, it that freaked me out. You know, that I think I had nightmares after that. It was a long time before I could sleep through the night. Oh, jeez. Did you also get to see like the tentacle prop at all? Uh... No, I don't think, I think that was all CG. Yeah, that was a different set too. So they weren't, we weren't, right. none of them were in that part of the. Yeah, the, the pharmacy, set. none of us were in the pharmacy shoots, any of that. Yeah, or, the, or the garage area, yeah. Yeah. Didn't know if they were just kind of laying around or anything, if you got a look at them or not. One thing that, um, that we haven't touched on, but as far as the core extras, um, like I had told y'all earlier before we started recording, I was kind of the mayor of the mist core extras and I kind of coordinated, you know, what was going on. And I, but I sat back in a corner, I made my little nest in a corner. I had my little chair and my own little cooler and, you know, everything. And I observed people and watched the interaction of when you get that many personalities in a setting like we were in for that many days it, there should have been a documentary on just the dynamics of the core extras and what was going on behind the scenes um and there was one particular day there were two there's a picture of me on the floor like i'm having a um, epileptic fit and what that what that was is we had two girls and there may or may not have been alcohol involved who got into it. I mean, they were about to fist fight. And so as mayor, <laughs> I felt it was my obligation to divert their attention to something else so that we wouldn't have, you know, blood on, mm -hmm. on the back. So I got on the floor and was acting like one of the monsters was eating me and drew attention to me instead of what was going on with them and it diffused the whole situation. But tensions were really tight at times um, among the, among not the crew, but the, the background people. You got egos, you got people that wanna be in the scene, they wanna push through to the front. Oh yeah, they get territorial. Extras I mean, will get territorial when it comes to wanting to be in front and be seen. And those guys were there for six weeks. I mean, Yeah, and it got, <laughs> real ugly with a few people you know and so girls that were fighting about where I'm going to be in the scene and oh I'm going to make myself known and I'm like come on I, I said they're paying me the same amount of money as if I'm not ever seen I mean I've done film before as a background and I didn't even go on set I was in my outfit and wardrobe and everything and they never called me on set and mm -hmm. so but I got the same amount of money so who gives a flip and I <laughs> So anyway, but from the dynamics of how people act, like if you put 50 people on an island and had all those people interact with one another, 
the the psychology behind the different personalities was so interesting to me to see who was flirting with who and mm. who, who would do this and um and maybe that would not interest anybody else but I thought that would be a so cool documentary to you know here's the film but here's what was happening behind the scenes when people were sneaking off into the casino across the street to play slot machines on the on the lunch break yeah which was literally right across the street right across the street and uh you know they only made sixty dollars for being an extra that day but they spent 560 at the slot machine across the way (laughs) <laughs> on the on their lunch break but um yeah there were two casinos within spitting distance of that set yeah, yeah. right across and a strip club a strip club right behind it which i met like three or four of those actors at for the first time but i mean it was a fun experience i'm glad i did it um i actually was in college at the time as an old person and so for me to miss class as much as i did i got college credit for being in the film and i worked it out with my professor i had to do a paper on it and i came back and did a lecture on becoming a background um person you know how to become an extra and um and I got an A, so that was that was nice. <laughs> uh, but I did get college credit for it because I was, um, and back then we didn't have Facebook, so we I had done a, a MySpace page that wow. was part, that was part of my project. So yeah, the extras all had a MySpace page together back then. <laughs> yeah, and I was the admin for that. And what happened to is MySpace even still around? I don't know. It's still around, but I deleted my account ages ago, so I don't know if the the mixed extras page is still on there or not. It must be because it was, I was the admin of it and it's, I never did anything with it. <laughs> and I met a lot of interesting people and from all different walks of life. I love hearing everybody's story and how they came to be there that day and, and be a part of that project and, um, you know, made some good friends and kept up with them. And I think we've had a few deaths from, oh, Ooh. I know we'll talk talk later yeah I don't know who I don't know his name but um and then also we had two of the extras that uh ended up divorcing their mates and becoming married okay we'll talk later oh (laughs) that's what I'm saying all those dynamics of what was going on there you know behind the scenes are there's a lot and, of stories uh, we had one extra that got bumped up to a speaking role so that was cool and now she and i both do you know various movies um so she's credited in the movie um you know every once in a while that happens you'll have an extra you know that's around set and they'll you know some you know say you you know we're going to give you a line or something and you get a line and the fact that you have a line means you're suddenly you know credited in the movie and you get you know a SAG contract from that wow I know my very first film I ever did was uh Ruffian which was about a a racehorse I did that one and so that it was you know at a racetrack so they had a lot of spectators and they they put me in a Gucci hat and um big sunglasses and so the director saw, because I was very noticeable with this big hat, he pulled me out of this crowd of probably, I don't know how many extras, John, just probably hundred. 
150, um, pulled me out, placed me right down at the track, and they handed me a hot dog. And of course, I'm new. I don't know. You're not supposed to play with the props or especially eat the prop. And so it was it was a hot dog and it was a real one. And it was about lunchtime. So, you know, I I took a little pinch of that bread off of the hot dog and decided I was going to taste it. And the the guy, the direct, the assistant director came up to me and he said, don't eat the props. And uh, I was like, well, I didn't even know it was a prop or that's what you call it. Somebody just handed this to me. So he said, well, when this, when the trolley comes by, because they have the camera on like one of those rails or something. He said, when it comes by, I want you to take a big bite of this hot dog. And I went, oh, that's going to be real flattering. And so <laughs> it, it does. I'm actually credited in the film as the hot dog match race eating spectator. And I'm like, <laughs> my first time out, you know, and they've got me a picture of me chomping down on this hot dog. And, um, but I did learn a lesson that day that you don't eat the props. You don't. Uh, you were talking about Gucci stuff. Actually, if you look at my one little close up in that movie, I'm wearing Gucci glasses. And I oh. keep thinking, you know, maybe that's why I was so distinctive. Yeah. <laughs> they like the Gucci. <laughs> they like the Gucci. I keep thinking, Mia, you wouldn't have Gucci glasses in Castle Rock, Maine. But, uh, no. Oh, uh, I mean, you never know. <laughs> glasses frame fixed sometimes. Like, just here, use these glasses for now. But yeah. Were there any, like, a lot of movies have like bloopers or like gag reels or anything. Was there anything that like stood out as hilarious on set with some of the like actors or anything like that that may have happened? Hmm. Well, the day that I was there, Bill Sadler kept coming over to our aisle and cracking jokes between the <laughs> takes. And I was like, I, I didn't recognize him at the time. And he was one of the actors that I hadn't bumped into in town beforehand. Because if you look at those other pictures that I sent you, I had actually been to a party with all of the other, like the big actors from the main, like two or three, but I didn't recognize him when he was there that day. I was like, well, I didn't remember him from Bill and Ted and all of the other things. So I was like, who is this guy and why does he keep coming over here and so I didn't know him like Terry and everyone did I just kept thinking you know this guy is a real clown um but he kept coming over to our aisle and talking to to one of us and I'm, after a while I realized who he was and I was like damn I wish I had talked to him yeah he was a hoot he, he was always cutting jokes and as far as bloopers I'm trying to think if there were any wardrobe malfunctions or um, I, I can't really recall anything offhand that was funny, but I mean, there were funny things that happened, um, you know, and you have to retake it or whatever. Somebody get tickled. And um, <laughs> the only thing that sticks out in my mind is, and it wasn't really a funny thing. It was Laurie Holden. Uh, we were in between two takes and she was practicing her line. And I, seriously it was like four words it, it was four words and she kept saying it over and over again i'll just say for instance it was well i don't know so she was walking up and down the aisles in between takes going well i don't know well what well, well i don't know 
and she was doing it like over and repetitive. I was like, damn girl, I understand. I mean, you can, you got this, you can do it. I know you can do it. Um, and then Thomas Jane would go in between takes and do jumping jacks so he could get sweaty looking. Say so his muscles look more defined on camera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he would he would hype himself up and you know <laughs> jog in place or run around and jumping jacks and get himself all sweaty and hot and bothered looking. And um, that was kind of funny. And then Lori also was real irritated one day which she was in a bad mood the whole time. I'm thinking she might've been going through a divorce. I don't know. Cause she was not in a good frame of mind. I don't know if you saw that John the day you were there, but she was pretty much cranky the entire movie. <laughs> and uh, there, there was one day where she was like, could you just please get all these background people out of here? And I oh. thought, you know, Ooh. if it weren't for me, and all these other background people, you wouldn't have a movie. I mean, right. nobody goes to the grocery store by themselves. Wow, you know, I didn't know that. We're important. And she, it kind of made me mad, you know, that she didn't appreciate the $50 that I was making that day and, <laughs> and showing up for her. Um, but I think she was just, maybe something was going on in her personal life. I don't know. Well, that does happen to a lot of actors. A lot of, you find a lot of these big actors don't like, extras and they treat them bad i'm not saying anybody else in the movie did that but i'm i'm just saying you know, some movies i've been on i've learned you know don't talk to your heroes i did another movie where one of my favorite playwrights was one of the big actors and afterwards i was like well i'll never read one of your works again the same way but um but yeah i had met laurie at a party one night and she was really cool that night but i had no idea about that that totally tense yeah. my thinking of her now it was, <laughs> it, it was intense I mean she was mad about something I don't know but um yeah one of the other movies I did I think it was Mad Money and Katie Holmes was we were in between takes and so uh, she had on her headset in the movie she had a headset on with um like a Walkman and she was listening to music and one of our extras um was didn't know who katie holmes was which okay and uh forget the fact that tom cruise was on set too i mean can't you put two and two together Ooh, she right. was um back when they were together and siri was real young but anyway she was sitting next to katie well they called background to the set and so we get up and katie didn't move she sat still sitting there with her headsets on listening to this music or whatever and this girl starts pounding on Katie's leg and saying, get up. She was Asian. She goes, get up. We have to go. Get up. We must go. And Katie just kind of looked at her and she goes, she goes, you're going to get in trouble. You, you're going to have to go now, now. And um, Katie turned her in, had her fired. She couldn't ever come back on set again. But I'm thinking she didn't really know. Oh, right. That's just yeah. a mistake. You know, she, no, she didn't know who she was. Yeah. For one, she was in character. Okay. She was in her wardrobe and, you know, she didn't put two and two together. But oh, yeah. Actors, I mean, but she'd be back. I mean, extras and actors are, I mean, we're, you know, we're totally replaceable. We're, you know, we're cattle. You know, we're, you know, you just throw us in place. And, you know, I mean, we work, you know, the same number of hours back then, you know, as, as they did. And, you know, just as 
you know, hard and longer, you know, hours, and we don't get to go back to trailers like they do. But yeah, they, you know, we did not get the best of treatment, and I'm sure they still don't in, you know, places where there's a lot, of, you know, movies, and I mean, they don't film a lot here anymore, but other places, you know, I would imagine extras are still being treated the same way. Yeah, but I think in The Mist, Frank was very gracious to the background. He interacted with all of us. He um, he was a, a really good guy and a good sport about everything. And with all that he had on his mind, he still acknowledged who we were and how important we were to the overall look of the movie. Yeah, I mean, Frank understood that the, you know, it was a supermarket. You had to have the shoppers. I mean, they were a part of the movie. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah, so applause to him. I, when watching interviews of him talking about The Mist, he seemed like a very passionate person about what he does. Yeah, and genuine. He was. His energy level, I, I don't know how he could keep his energy level up so high. And in, in looking and watching him look through scenes there in the back, you know, when he was, I guess, looking at the dailies or whatever he was doing and really seeing his vision come to life. That was kind of fun for me, the whole process of how he um, orchestrated everything because he knew what he was looking for and how he staged it in the way, because like the, in the earthquake scene, we had people on, um, not background, but, you know, crew on step ladders throwing pieces of ceiling tile across the the store to make it look like and we had um those fluorescent lights falling out of the ceiling and um somebody almost got nailed on that one even though we had a safety meeting prior to that you know here's this is going to come flying down and so nobody be in this general area and um somebody almost got nailed that that could have been bad but um you know just seeing his level of um direction how he directed the movie i'm a little disappointed it didn't become more uh infamous or famous because he he put so much into it that i, I wished it had been a bigger 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 success um but you never know i mean these things may be classics for years to come and people still you know refer to them or watch them again or whatever and uh, I, a lot, a lot of people know, but the, he actually wanted the movie to be in black and white. Really? And that's why there's, you know, the new cut, there's a, another cut of the movie available to buy now that, or if you, I think there's like a two disc edition of the movie now that actually there's one disc that is in black and white. So, but oh. yeah, that was originally how he wanted it to be. We might have to go back and watch <laughs> again <laughs> another one <laughs> i haven't let my kids watch it and they're you know in their 30s and 40s i think maybe they have watched it by now but <laughs> yeah, my, nep my nephew's 15 and he hasn't watched it yet but he doesn't like horror movies so yeah um our friend tyler who um was on the episode when we were covering this it's one of his favorite movies mostly because of the ending because every time, like, re you just bring up the mist and he just starts reenacting, like, the just screaming. He's like, no! <laughs> so, it, it is at least some... <laughs> so it, 
it was it's at the top of our list because at, at the end of every episode we grade the movie um and it's currently number one on our list well i think it's it's every every list i've ever read it's in the top 10 of the stephen king movie adaptations so i mean it's it's well regarded it's just not you know a major blockbuster hit yeah it's not like it when it came out and was breaking records and and everything like that yeah yeah and you know i don't mean i don't remember what came out about the same time but it just it wasn't the best year for movies it seemed like i know it came out right before thanksgiving i remember that and that may have had something to do with it it's not a very family (laughs) movie no oh let's eat thanksgiving dinner and now go watch all these people shoot themselves in the head yeah 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 i think the release date was like november 7th if i remember right so that was like two or three weeks before yeah there was probably another halloween based movie that came out that everybody probably jumped aboard that before this one the mist yeah 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 how many halloween movies have there been 20 25 Oh gosh. <laughs> Halloween probably the twelfth. Oh, and then you Friday the thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street Saw came out every Halloween for like seven years. So everybody jumps on the under the the trains, even if they're good or bad. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the new Halloween though. I like the I like the more recent one. I'm looking forward to the new one this year. I saw like um little teaser trailers or like snippets and it does look really good yeah i can't wait to see uh Lindsay and tommy come back so that's gonna be cool my oldest son is a composer and he actually scored the music on the documentary the 25th anniversary of halloween and mm-hmm. So for that reason, I'll probably watch that, but I I wouldn't watch any of the others. But because his music is in that that particular uh, production, I'll watch it. But well, the newer ones are so you know gory now. I mean, the thing I love about the original one was it hardly had like a single drop of blood in the whole movie, mm-hmm. and yet it was so effective. I mean, it was the same thing with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's like barely a drop of blood in the entire movie, but people, you know, so gory and, you know, you know, scary when really, I mean, it's scary, but it's not, you know, really violent or gory at all. It's just very effective at what it does. It's only one death by chainsaw in that entire movie. Oh yeah. I mean, they don't make them like that anymore. Nowadays you have to have tons of blood and gore and everything. Yeah, we we watched a lot of the older stuff. Yeah, Mist was one of the newer, quote unquote, newer ones that yeah. we had watched. Uh, I know it was almost fifteen years ago, but we've been spending a lot of times in in the seventies and eighties. Oh yeah, um, trying to get those classics, the cult classics everybody loves. Yeah, um, my favorite of the Halloween movies was Halloween Three. Really? I, I adore I adore Halloween Three. I wish they would remake it. It is my favorite of the Halloween movies. I don't care what anybody says. I think it is actually the most insane idea. If you think about what that movie was about and how it could have ended. I mean, I and my and a lot of people say, you know, well, it did happen. You know, they just cut before anybody could see it. 
and what you actually do get to see, that movie was terrifying. If you think about it, if that could really happen. I mean, it could yeah. really happen probably, but still, I just think the, you know, the killer in that movie is scarier to me than anything Michael Myers could do. But, uh, but no, you're talking about recent movies. You'd be amazed how many horror movies they filmed here back when they were filming, you know, every other week, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to make, I'm going to go on IMDb and make a list because I mean, there's a list of every movie that was filmed here, but I want to make a list of all the horror movies and thrillers that were filmed here. Yeah, we'll have to put some on our list. Yes, we have a, a very long list that we got to <laughs> work through. It's sad okay. too because I am I love horror, but she's the reason I got into horror. And I never grew up watching horror, so I haven't seen most movies. So like, I had never seen The Mist. I haven't seen anything past the first Halloween or like the first Friday the Thirteenth or any of that. Yeah. So I'm yeah. very <laughs> yeah, the uh, the last Texas Chainsaw was filmed here, the three day one. Oh it was yeah. Filmed here, the uh, the remake of Town That Dreaded Sundown was filmed here. Um, oh, no. Although the actual story takes place, you know, Texarkana is about what a half hour, forty five, maybe an hour from here, Terry. Yeah, a little over yeah, an hour. Yeah, yeah, maybe an hour from here. The actual town, the, the real story, you know, it's a true story. But the town that it took place in is an hour from here. And they filmed the first movie up there and partly down here. But the remake was totally filmed down here. Um, trying to think of what else. Uh, the movie, The uh, the Collector, was filmed here. Yeah. You're so, That's yeah, there's a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of horror <laughs> movies filmed here. So uh, the remake of I Spit on Your Grave was filmed here. Iceman. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah, Iceman. <laughs> Um, yeah, actually, I Spent in Your Grave was actually filmed in my little town that I grew up in, which is just north of here, so it was weird seeing a horror movie being filmed in my little town, and it had the guy that played, um, what is his name, the, the gay kid in Mean Girls, uh, oh, oh I know who Dan you're talking about. His real name is Daniel, but I can't remember the character name, but anyway, his real name is Daniel, and uh, he was one of the bad guys in the, the remake of I Spent in Your Grave. And so I was seeing him walk around Blanchard and I'm thinking, why is he in my hometown? And then I realized <laughs> that must be filming. But, uh, but yeah, just seeing, you know, it's one thing to see Shreveport, you know, in a movie because it's a bigger city. But to see like your tiny little town with one stoplight, you know, in a horror movie, it was just disturbing. Yeah, never look at it the same ever again. <laughs> it hits, hits home, so to speak. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, and the movies that you wouldn't even imagine that were filmed here because they don't look like they could be filmed, you know, inside somewhere like uh, there was a horrible Nicolas Cage movie, uh, Season of the Witch. <laughs> Most of that, even though it looks like it was filmed in, like, you know, Romania or something, it was filmed inside one of our, like, coliseums. Oh. Yeah. So it's amazing the places they film these things. You <laughs> this is weird. Say. This is weird. I looked at today's forecast for me for here, and it says mist. <laughs> we better <No>. run. <laughs> yeah, whenever, it does. Whenever it says the mist. It says mist. Uh, okay. Yeah. Whenever somebody jokes about you know there being fog here or something, I say no, 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 no. It's not. We don't have fog here. We have mist here now. <laughs> Oh, and that stuff stunk. It was when they activated the mist and they had that smoke. I mean, some people were like, for me, I had blue eyes. 
very sensitive to, you know, smoke in any way. And it would, your eyes would get all itchy and red and, you know. Yeah, because it was in the parking lot on the other side of the wall, but you could still smell it. Oh, yeah. It was nice. I remember the smell of it. It was awful. Did you ever walk through the mist? Is it as, like, difficult to see as it is in the movie? Like, see through it? Uh, I never got sent into the mist because I was a good girl and I didn't (laughs) misbehave. And so, no, I didn't go through it, but I was on, like John said, I was on the other side of the... Uh, that wasn't the way that you exited the set. You exited uh, From behind. The set through, through like the bread section or through the freezer section in the back. Yeah. But through the, the, uh, the actual, like the front door never opened except for like the, when the characters would come and go. Hmm. Yeah, that one scene with uh, who was the guy, Sam Whit- Whitwer? Yeah, yeah. When he did his scene and his hand was on the front door, and then that monster snatched him up. Yeah, y'all, that gave me so much. I don't know. I was horrified that it looked so real from our side. You know, that you could see him standing there and all of a sudden it, because he was on like a cable thing and it snatched him up off of the, the ground. Uh, that was pretty weird. Yeah. yeah. That parking lot was really big too on the inside. Yeah. I mean, that, that soundstage is huge. So uh, the same. It's just big. Because yeah. I would sit there and look at it through the glass and think, yeah, God, how many cars are out there? And those were real cars. Yeah, it was a lot. Oh. Very immersive. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Do you have any other questions? Uh, no, I don't have many questions left. I was gonna say I really don't either. Don't Do you have any other fun things that you would like to tell us about? <laughs> any plugs, um, projects you're working on that you want to get the word out? I have some things I could tell you about a party I went to with them, but I'm not sure if I should talk about it. <laughs> I, I went to, okay, another horror director, uh, Rennie Harlan was here filming another movie, and Rennie Harlan directed one of the original Nightmare on Elm Street movies, mm-hmm. and he was here filming a movie with Samuel L. Jackson, and I got invited to his birthday party, which was at a strip club, which was right <laughs> behind the place <laughs> they were filming the misstep. Well, this was before I'd gotten invited back to be a core, I mean, another extra, not a core extra, but you know, to come back and be in the movie. Um, and Thomas Jane, uh, Lori Holden, um, Alexa da- Davalos, and uh, Robert Trevelier. How do you say his name, Terry Trevelier? Um, right. They were all there. And it, we were upstairs. We were in the champagne rooms um, or the upstairs area where the champagne rooms were. And um, I, I remember a couple of things because I took all those pictures. I know I sent them to you. I remember a couple <laughs> of things. I remember that Lori went downstairs and watched the fire dancer because the main you know floor was downstairs where the girls were. She went and watched the fire dancer. When she came back upstairs, I was like, did you tip her good? And she's like, oh yeah, I tip, I tip well. Um, so that was <laughs> cool. And yeah, I to Silent Hill because I was a big Silent Hill fan it had already come out and i was like you know that's a beautiful movie and she's like yeah it really was um so she was you know she was asking me that night um and i remember they had these weird like platforms 
that there were actual like dancing girls on upstairs and there were like boobs like at eye level the whole night I was up there um and yeah yeah Carrie you Terry you got to go to the cast party but I got to go to the real party you know, <laughs> um, you know I'm a grandmother I'm not going to be going and watching some fire dancers boobs I mean come on but, um, another, another thing uh, I, I wanted to take a picture with Thomas Jane and he said okay but let's do it from this angle because if my wife sees any I'm not going to say the word, but, uh, you know, word for breast. She's any, you know, blanks in the background. She's going to be pissed. And his <laughs> wife at the time was uh, Patricia Arquette. So, um, and uh, I think we talked about how he had the uh, the script for Punisher 2 in his hotel room. And he was trying to decide whether to do it or not. And, of course, we know he didn't do it. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that that was a fun, a fun night and. I told, you know, I told them all that I was supposed to be in the movie and then I got cut. And then uh, when I got to go back and do the movie, I, the way that everybody was, you know, divided on the set, you know, they were on one side and all of us that were like Mrs. Carmody's, you know, people were on the other side of the set. So I never got to go up to them and say, you know, hey, remember me? (laughs) So I didn't get to, I didn't really get to see them again, but um, it was really cool. It was good to see Robert Trevelier again. He and I did this horrible Christmas movie the year before that. It was a remake of The Year Without a Santa Claus. It was a live action remake because um, the original was like Claymation, you know, and uh, right. it was with uh, John Goodman was the Santa Claus um, and it had a yeah, very young Dylan Minnette who a lot of people know now from 13 Reasons Why and um, I think he was Jack's kid on Lost and now he's like a big star, but Back then, he was just a little 10-year-old boy. But uh, yeah, he and I both did that movie together. So I got to see him at that party. But so anyway, so, but yeah. Hmm. But Terry got to go to the cast party and see Toby Jones and Bill Sadler <laughs> play pool. Yeah. Those were cool <laughs> photos. I was just like, this is bizarre because we just saw them as Jim and Ollie. And we were like, oh, okay. And now they're playing pool and they're all like buddy-buddy again. <laughs> Yeah, I adore Toby Jones. It was so cool to like when he was here filming W. I like drove by and saw him dressed as you know little. Uh, God, who was he on that? I can't remember now. He was one of the president's, you know, people or whatever. And I drove by and I shouted his name. I was like, "Toby, you were the only Truman Capote in my book ever." Because you know he there were two Truman Capotes movies that year, and he got you know like lesser attention. Yeah, he, he's a good actor. But Terry got to go to the cast party. Because I endured 56 shoot days or whatever it was. That's a lot of shoot days. It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. And wearing the same clothes every single day. Could you ever wash them or was it a no for continuity stuff? No, we got to, they took our picture every single day. Okay. And, um, and then once our wardrobe was established like early on we were allowed to take our items home because they actually did belong to me um i think maybe the sweater they had me in belonged to wardrobe but um we were allowed to take them home but we absolutely had to bring them back so i had to wear the same earrings you know everything shoes everything was the same same makeup 
you know, which was very minimal because of, um, you know, the fact. And then the thing was, too, as the days went by, of course, if you're really stuck in a grocery store, your makeup's going to, you know, get wiped off and you're going to get more raggedy looking, the hair and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and some of them had wounds that, that would get applied every day. I think I yeah. sent you a picture of that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't ever get hurt. I told you I was a good girl. I never get hurt. <laughs> I did what they told me to. I never got bitten by any spiders or pterodactyls or, um, cause if you, if you obey what they tell you to do, the ADs will pick you out first to, mm -hmm. to do whatever walk through or pass by or whatever. They want people that are compliant. Well, um, and if you'd done, you know, a few movies with them already, they knew you yeah there's a lot of them were you know already living here because there were so many movies being made so you know it was like it was like a family reunion every time you got on a new movie it was mm -hmm. like oh you again oh you again like hey remember me and they'd be like oh i know you yeah come on so yeah. you know half the time it was it was really great because it was like a little family like i miss doing extra work because of all the friends i made and you when you know now that you're you know when you have real parts in a movie you know, you spend most of your time in your trailer, ready to go on, and then they bring you on, you do your part, and then you leave. Well, you know, when you're an extra, you're spending all this time with your friends, you know, waiting to do whatever or having lunch with them, you know, between this and that. And it becomes, you know, a big group and camaraderie, and it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Even though it's hard work, but it's fun. Band you know? of gypsies. We're just a big band of gypsies. Yeah. <laughs> so I miss it. Well, do you guys have any current projects or anything that you're working on that we can look out for? Anything like that? Well, I don't because I, my life has switched gears and I'm a floral designer and... Plug it, Terry. Plug it. Um, I, do, <laughs> do it. I do training and I do events as the MC for... Um, big uh floral conventions and so i've kind of switched from the it, this job that i'm doing now pays way more money than being in the film business um so yeah i've kind of taken a, a turn and i don't really do and and two in shreveport the film business is kind of fizzled down to hardly anything my now my oldest son the one that's a composer still works for millennium film and he's the only one at the big sound stage here in Shreveport that goes and unlocks it every day, hoping somebody will show up to make a film. But um, they have kept a presence here. But, you know, the main thing is they don't really shoot a lot. I, I wouldn't be opposed to doing any projects if they called and needed somebody that, you know, I my character would fit or whatever. But um, I don't pursue it because I've got so much other going on with my floral business and training people and that type of thing so john probably has you know some projects out there but that was well, just you know the reason they filmed here so much back in the day was because hurricane katrina hit new orleans and all of the movies that were being filmed there had to come up here yeah. so that's why streetport became the hub for filmmaking for so many years but our problem was you couldn't get any direct flights to here. You had to go through Dallas or, you know, somewhere else. So after a while, you know, plus our, our governor, you know, screwed up our, our tax credits, which were so good. So that combined with, you know, New Orleans getting back on track, everything went back to New Orleans. And now New Orleans is, you know, this major hub again 
everything films down there now and we're you know we've kind of dried up the last major thing i remember filming here was green book uh did a little bit up here and uh that was a major major thing but you know they don't film much here anymore so uh we need I, a hurricane yeah, so, yeah so there's another so there's another major hurricane if it doesn't totally make them leave the state altogether then they might come back up here but you Maybe know hurricane terry needs to come through and yeah i mean i you know, it's kind of weird to say that i owe my you know movie career to hurricane katrina but i kind of do i mean if it wouldn't have happened i wouldn't have you know i wouldn't be you know a sag actor now yeah. um but uh i don't really have much going on right now i uh every year in shreveport the one film thing we do have that's really cool is we have something called the louisiana film prize which is a uh kind of achieved kind of worldwide fame it's a giant uh, filmmaking competition where filmmakers from all over the world come to this area and they film short films here. And the rule is it has to be filmed in this area within a certain time frame. And then they pick the, uh, the top 20 and then in the fall they screen them and the winner gets $50,000. Wow. It's, it's, yeah, it's the largest film contest prize, you know, like... Uh, for short film and at least uh, in the country and um, I think right now it's 25,000 because of all the COVID and everything and not a lot of people are making them but this year but uh, usually it's 50,000 and um, I've uh, I've already been in one of those so far and I think I'm supposed to be in definitely another one but again those you, you turn in your rough cuts and then you find out later if you're going to be in one of the final you know top 20 so i have no idea you know i'm not going to plug a movie that may not be in you know the final the final cut i was thinking about trying to direct one i i usually try to write one every year and try to see if anybody is interested in making one for that but usually doesn't happen but i did i did have a little cameo in one for this year and i will be uh i think my credit in the movie is toilet man because i uh, I have a little cameo of me. It's better than hot dog eating mattress fan. But yeah, the camera cuts to me and I'm on a toilet for a couple of seconds. So the things I do for the <laughs> film industry just to keep my name in the in the fire. Yeah, just, you know, I, I'm a character actor. You know, I don't get to do the glamorous things, you know. I'm an overweight, chubby, you know, character actor. So I get to do all the funny things. You know, I'm the I'm the mental patient or you know, the serial killer. And, you know, when I did the movie with Charlize Theron, I was literally, I was a person who got off on pretending to be a serial killer. And he was based on an actual serial killer. Oh, so Gillian, Gillian Flynn, the writer was on set. And I was like, so why did you pick this guy to be in the book? Because I was based on the book. And she's like, well, he grew up in the city that I was raised in. And I was like, the actual serial killer. She's like, yeah. I was like, okay, so, but in the book, my character is part of a club of people that like to role play as if they're serial killers. So I wasn't the serial killer. I was a guy who got off on pretending to be that serial killer, but I got cast because I looked like him. So that was cool. But anyway, so no, I don't have really have anything to plug right now. Okay. Um, wanted to thank both of you for your time. Yeah, and welcome. Um, wow, I didn't expect anything like this to happen. But Christy told me, I was like, 
<gasps> yeah, John, oh, yeah. thank you so much. Forever. For- yeah, we could go on forever. There's just so many, so many <laughs> things to talk about with that movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this has been great. But I, I really do appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to us, uh, no. little Wisconsin girls. <laughs> Um, and, and these are stories like nobody ever really knows about because they're just not publicized. And, um, so it's, it's really cool to kind of get a sneak behind the scenes and without, you know, damaging any reputations or anything like that. <laughs> Some people point figures, fingers. Yeah, I, hope, I hope Thomas Jane and Lori Holden both don't kill us. So. <laughs> I well. think full disclosure i did say maybe she was having a bad day i'll give her that we all have those moments where we have bad days but uh, well yeah but i talked about them being at the strip club so oh well that's on you it was a party though it was a it was his birthday party so we don't have a lot of places to have birthday parties here Uh, for major celebrities you could have taken them to chuck e cheese i didn't (laughs) know the damn party terry (laughs) <laughs> well i think that's everything so okay. thank you you're yes, welcome so much i'm gonna thank stop you. recording now see okay. right. bye